right, we got a clip. We're starting with a clip. Oh, look at that. So I don't know if you can tell, it was pretty quick. And I couldn't put the sound on because there's a copyrighted song, but basically it says British golfer versus Aussie golfer. This is for our Aussie listeners out there. So there's a uh, crocodile or an alligator. I don't know which one, depends on which part of the world they're in. And I'm not good at telling by looking at them. Anybody want to take a stab at which one it is? <laughs> I didn't I see know. the teeth, so I don't know if it's it had the upper bite, lower bite. I'm going to assume it's in Florida. It's probably a gator. So uh, the British golfer goes by it, and he's scared of it and walks around it, and it just sits there. And then the uh, Aussie golfer goes up and gives a little, little smack on the tail, and uh, it uh, swims off. I don't know. I was looking for something sports-related and fun. We lost Beaner, man. Oh, dang. Technical difficulties. This is, uh, believe it or not, the fourth day in a row. Uh, sorry. I know we said we were going to do a show last night, but, uh, you know, shit happens, and here we are. And Beaner's back in. Love it. So, Yeep. since everybody is officially here, uh, minus Darty, we've got Steph the Fanalist back from Hibernation. We've got Sethi. And we've got Beaner. Thanks, everybody. And Roscoe. <laughs> yeah, and me. Um, happy Canada Day. Happy Rick DiPietro Day. Happy Fourth of July. Happy uh, Happy Summertime. You know, it's been friggin' hot. I don't know about where you guys are, but the last uh, three days in Ottawa, it's been between thirty-five and forty degrees, like nonstop. It's crazy. Just so humid. Oh, it's gross. I love it. I picked I love a wonderful, it. wonderful week it. to work outside. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love it too. I'm not gonna lie. I'm spoiled because uh, I don't work is... outside. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say the worst is at the end of for me working, you know, 12, 13 hours, I go to my car. I try to move it at lunch into somewhere in the shade, but even then you open the door and it's like, oh, Okay, it's like opening the oven from a pizza. I gotta let this sit for a sec. You get like the blast, my glasses fog up. It's like gotta be 45, 50 degrees in my car. It's nuts. <laughs> Bake some cookies. <sighs> Take advantage. My car's white too. It's Come on. crazy how hot it's been. <laughs> mm. Well, just picture if this were January, we'd be complaining about how cold it is and how snowy. So, yeah, I don't know why we live in a place that yeah, changes like. I would like 80 degrees between summer and winter. Like this, this is what people forget about. Thank you for reminding me. Sadly is when it is minus 35, 40, people are like, wow, this is nuts. And you go, yeah, but remember when it hit 35, 40 in the summer, it's like, yeah, it doesn't get that warm though. No, it does. Every summer it hits this around this time. It's always Canada day. It's always a stupid thunderstorm on Canada day. And then it hits 40 degrees. I, oh, I'm so over this. <laughs> It's the best. The, the, and then the, the reason. Sorry, yeah. Steph. No, go ahead. I was just going to say the reason we live in a place that has like an 80 degree fluctuation. Just look at the video that you posted to start this off. We don't have things like that that live where we live. That's true. There are no just mosquitoes and alligators. Just mosquitoes. Oh. That's true. Ugh. Mosquitoes are bad. Very bad. I'm covered oh. in mosquito bites and I'm oh. bruises to go along with it because I scratch the shit out of them and they turn into huge ass bruises. I'll have to, you can look up how to actually make this, but my uh, girlfriend found something 
like I think it's potato onion water or something like you boil them and then you pour it into a little spray bottle that you use for like plants or whatever. And we spray it nice. on like the deck. You don't smell it, but it keeps the mosquitoes away for like a couple days. It's crazy. Nice. So, yeah, check well, it out. It's probably off a of TikTok or something. Oh, guaranteed. I've honestly Damn. contemplated just planting citronella plants all over the yard. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. speaking of yard. Last thing before we get into talking about hockey, we've had this like ecosystem going on in our backyard. So there was a family of groundhogs underneath our shed. Uh, we had a family of squirrels living in the tree. There are two neighborhood cats that have taken up residence in the tent that we have for our own cats in the backyard. And um, what else is back there? Anyway, it's it's kind of nuts. Like you look at the window and there's it's we're in the city. It's a small backyard. There's just a forest of things going on. Anyway, uh, it is no more. <laughs> a as little our landlord had to had to fill in the uh, the groundhog hole and put some some stones over it because they were getting like right under the, the shed and they did it in like a matter of hours. It was crazy. Oh, they're quick. <laughs> I'd never seen groundhogs till I moved to Ottawa wow. and they're everywhere. They're like squirrels here. Oh, maybe not that hmm, common. They're more like like somewhere between as common as like squirrels and raccoons. You know. Yeah, Fair. we've got a huge squirrel population here. Yeah. Same Not in like Toronto. in Newfoundland where and there's no raccoons. Pigeons and shit asses. <laughs> shit asses. Yeah. Seagulls. <laughs> anyway, um, some stuff has happened in the NHL. So uh, let's talk about it. Okay, so we haven't been playing some games in quite a long time, so I thought I would turn our discussions into a little game here. So we're going to play a version of Higher or Lower where we go over all the guys we lost in free agency and uh, say whether we think their point totals with their new teams are going to be higher or lower. Sound like a good idea? A little fun way to start okay. the show? Wee wee. Let's do it. Do it. Okay, so let me pull up the Leafs. Roster here and stats from last year. Okay, so first one on the list. Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting, who had 23 goals, 26 assists in 82 games for 49 points. Do we think that Michael Bunting is going to get more or less points than that this season with, uh, where did he sign again? Carolina? Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> so let's go down the list. Steph, your first time back in a while. What do you think? It's definitely a possibility to go higher here. Uh, he's going to be surrounded by superstars. I think Bunting will be in the top six on this team, uh, taking the place of maybe Patches, who was supposed to fill that hole last year and then got IR'd all year long. Uh, but who knows, right? And the summer is still young, but career high last season, 63 points. I think he's going to be in between the two, between 49 and 63, maybe around the 55-point mark. Okay, okay. Sadly, what do you think? Well, he was playing with superstars last year, too, with Toronto, so it's 
can be fairly comparable. The only thing is Toronto scores more goals than Carolina, so I think it's going to be slightly under. But he might exceed that in his second year, though. But for his first year, I, I'm going to take the under. Okay, okay. I, uh, I hear you. Beaner, what do you think? I'm definitely going to say under. Um, to Southie's point, they don't really score a lot of goals in Carolina. So he's actually going to be expected to kind of bring an influx of goals into that roster. And with Brindamore behind the bench and the system that they have in Carolina, they're not going to put up with a lot of Bunting's BS. So he's actually going to have to be a little more responsible defensively. So I think that'll take away from his offensive game a little bit and uh, might even lose a little bit of his edge with having to, because they're not, they're not going to put up with the stuff that Keith put up with. Yeah, that's a good point. Brindamore's definitely not going to put up with his uh, antics. And just looking at the daily face-off, which is obviously nothing official, just what people have put together so far, uh, worth pointing out, Toivu Teravainen and Andrei Sveshnikov are also left-wingers, so they've got Bunting slotted in on a third-line left-wing with Jesper Fast and Jordan Stahl. So yeah, hurts that, a spot on the power play, too. Yeah, there's uh, there's obviously some competition in the top six there. I mean, you've got Seth Jarvis and Martin Nietzsche on the right wing there. I mean, Bunting's going to have to really earn a spot if he wants to put up a lot of points. And again, like what Sadie said, they're not a high-scoring team. It's it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in, like what they're going for and bringing in somebody like that. Uh, maybe they're just trying to help themselves out in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, I'm going to take the under as well. Um, I don't see him being the one to bring more offense to this team, but we'll see what uh, what they've got up their sleeves for the rest of the summer. Uh, next on the list is Alex Kerfoot, who goes to the desert. So 10 goals, 22 assists for 32 points. Not a great season for him. Um, what do we think on Arizona, though? Are we thinking higher or lower here, Steph? This is, this is tricky because Kerfoot could be slotted anywhere. He plays all three forward positions. Um, they did lose Christian Fisher, which was a bigger name for them last season. Who knows if he's going to slot in in his position? Um, it's hard to tell. I think over, though, because he did have a little bit of a down year last year, even though it was with the Leafs, right? Like He could be one of those guys to pop off for the Coyotes. So I'm going to go over because Kerfoot, I think he'll adjust smoothly. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here and say I'm taking the over as well. Um, anybody from the Leafs that goes to the desert is just going to have a better year. It's going to be a Nick Ritchie 2.0. This guy's going to get a hat trick when he comes back to play the Leafs or when they go there. It's going to be a pain in the ass. Like there's, He's definitely going to be in the top six there. Um, I mean, right now they've got him slotted second line with uh, Jason Zucker and Travis Boyd. I mean, there's <laughs> the offense has to come from somewhere. It's it's kind of like the same but different as Carolina, where you know Arizona scores. It's just you know <laughs> I think Kerfoot's going to be somebody to be a part of a lot of it. So uh, I think, especially because of his down year, he's going to have a good one, and all the power to him. So Sadi, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, to both your points, he did have a down year with Toronto, and he's just going to get a ton more offensive chances with the with the Yotes. Um, like you're probably going to see him on PP two, even some PP one opportunities. Um, he's going to play less defensively. He's just not going to be relied on that as much. 
they're not going to have a very good team this year from everything we're seeing. And I think they're going to be, he's one of the players that they're counting on to, you know, provide that secondary scoring, if not low end first end scoring, which is insane to think about. But yeah, I, I think he's a lock to have more points. Yeah. And signing two times 3.5, uh, it's the same he was making in Toronto. So I, I guess it works. Beaner, what do you think? Honestly, I don't think he cracks a 40-point mark. Hmm. Um, Looking at the roster right now, I would almost put him on the third line. Like, you got Clayton Keller. They re-signed Bukestad. You got Nick Schmaltz. That'll be probably your first line. Zucker, Barrett Hayton, Hayton, sorry, and Lawson Krause is your second. Like, I don't see him surplanting any of those guys. Yeah, I'm just looking at daily face-offs, Scott. Barrett Hayton, Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller is the first line. Kerfoot, Boyd, Zucker is the second. Um, Michelli, Bugstad, Kraus is the third. But, I mean, really, I think they, they got to bump Kraus up this year. Mm-hmm. And then they've got yeah. Dylan, Dylan Genther and Jack <laughs> McBain are playing already. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a mishmash. I think he's going to be relied a lot more on, like, the penalty kill and defensively like that because he is that veteran presence to do that. And they can let the kids kind of get used to the league running wild on offense. Well, I mean, again, he only had 32 points this season, so even 40 would be an improvement on that. So you think he's going to crack 32? Just. All right. Um, Also worth pointing out, did not mention uh, Michael Bunting's deal, (laughs) signing three times 4.5 to Carolina. So before we move on, what do we think about the money that Michael Bunting was able to earn for himself here? Stav? It just, it's reminded me of Hyman, uh, the whole Hyman situation and the same kind of player almost, you know, Bunting took his shoes when he came to Toronto and then chased the money afterwards. You know, I got to eat crow saying that he's going to stay with his dogs. I don't think it was up to him anyway, (laughs) but I'm sure he would have loved to stay in Toronto to play with his boys, but not going to happen. Super happy for him in Carolina. And he said it was an easy decision after speaking to the coach, Rod Brendamore, and how he kind of, you know, fluffed up his play, saying that he really loved his style and where he thought he'd fit in. And uh, he also commented on, you know, how noisy that building was. And every time they're in as a visiting team, uh, it's just super loud and hard to play in that building. So, yeah, I think this is a huge check for bunting like hey i feel bad for curfew here like going to freaking arizona and then you know bunting going to a cup contending team good on you bud yeah i mean look we knew it was going to happen we had a small window to get bunting at the price we had him at dubas made a good find there and uh it was kind of inevitable and like you said he turned into zach hyman 2.0 and signed uh close to the same deal so sadie what do you uh, think of how much money bunting was able to get here I mean, good for him. He had the unique opportunity of playing with Matthews and Martyr most of his career in Toronto. Whether it was deserved or not, he definitely padded his stats by doing that, and he parlayed that into a really nice contract for himself. The Leafs are never, ever going to give him that type of money. And, yeah, good for him. Like, he he plays a nice two-way game. He's going to bring some offense there. Um, I'm glad he didn't sign it in Toronto, but, yeah, happy for him. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, he got lucky in that this was kind of an off year for UFAs. So he was pretty highly touted. Not that I don't think he would be 
in a, a normal year. But I mean, once the money's already been spent on the top, maybe five to 10 guys, I think in a normal year, he's not in the top 10. So that's a great point. He took advantage of the fact that there was a lot more money to spend. So uh, being or anything you want to close with here on Bunting? Um, first, I, I want to emphasize that, yes, he filled Hyman's shoes, but he wasn't Hyman 2.0. He was like a, 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 a wish Hyman or a discount Hyman. <laughs> yeah. like, I, would, I would take Hyman over Bunting any day. I love Bunting, but Hyman's hockey mind is just so much better. Um, and then with regards to his comments about it being an easy decision, if someone's offering me $4.5 million, absolutely i'll go play anywhere um no it like like you guys said it's good for him that he can get that there was no way in hell we were ever going to pay him that um yeah a little bit of an overpay but that's probably like you said roscoe due to the market being what it is yeah literally just over nine hundred thousand dollars on his last contract being bumped up to 4.5 the same contract that ryan o'reilly got this year so happy for the kid but hey there was this you know always in the back of our minds especially after this playoffs like is this kind of cadre type attitude going to continue and put the team in dire straits when you kind of need someone there sort of thing or are the refs going to continue their magnifying you know perspective on his type of play even though the Leafs got a little tougher in my opinion but Bunting to me kind of dug himself in you know a little bit of a oh did I lose you there Steph me? Um, I guess oh, we no. got it before oh Steph we got you back yeah can you hear me yes we can okay I was just just lastly Bunting you know he really had to prove himself last season and getting bumped off that top line, the top six, moving up and down the lineup. You know, it, it wasn't security for the Leafs, so had to move on. Um, one thing I just want to quickly address as it's come up in our group chat here. Uh, what you are hearing in the background is actually um, Canadian and Timmins legend Shania Twain performing at Blues Fest outside. So... Um, Southey is very close to it. <laughs> this is faintly in the background, but uh, you're welcome for being serenaded. You, um, Watch Spotify is going to ban us for that. Oh, it's, there's nothing you can make out there. Live Shania. Wow. Um, one that I really want to take a, a couple extra minutes on here, because uh, as Beaner and I expanded on last night, this is, this is really kind of crazy how much money is tied up. So the New York Islanders give seven times three to Pierre Engvall. This is the longest contract that anybody got from uh, the Leafs roster. So um, first off, I guess we'll do our higher or lower. What do we think of Pierre Engvall breaking 21 points with the Islanders next year? Steph? If he doesn't, that will be so sad. So, so sad. Like, he's really set up for success on this team, and now he'll have a whole year of Bo Horvat and um, company, right? Like, just being in this top six and rotating off PP1, PP2. Come on, Giraffe. Like, more than 21 points, you got to do it, especially with this long-term contract now. The more I think about it, he's such a Lou Lamorello player. Like, he's just big and physical, 
But I mean, he's not physical yet, but I guess if he's around all those guys, like Lou's just going to yell at him to throw his body into the corner. Like <laughs> shaved his beard and we're like, oh, what happened? Oh, gross. <laughs> so the seven times three for Angval, 21 points. What do you think? Sadie? Sorry, I just missed that. I had a oh. bit of a technical. Oh, <laughs> Lost no in Shania's serenading. <laughs> uh, so seven Indeed. times three for Angval and 21 points. What do you think of the deal and higher or lower on the points? <sighs> Jesus. The term is just insane. Like seven years term is, <laughs> I mean, good for him. Like he's got job security for better part of a decade now, which is unreal to think about. Um, he got an extra three years for that bond. Yeah, Jesus. Um, it's a great god. How many points again? Sorry, twenty-one. Uh, yeah, was, I can see uh, him cracking like twenty-five points, maybe. But for three million here? bucks, like if you're just banking on mid twenties, it's it's not great. Twelve goals, Johnny. Yeah. Are you using some like backwoods stats page again? Yeah, I was gonna say twenty-one seems a little. Yeah, I am actually sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what like yeah, you, what, are you, what are you new here <laughs> of course I'm using cbs.com <laughs> notorious Fake for news. their hockey knowledge you could get better hockey knowledge asking Buck Martinez what are you talking <laughs> about I'm on nhl.com 21 points I just switched it's the same is that what he had with the Leafs what about with the Islanders we traded him halfway through the season. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that, actually. Okay, I think he so had 30 points. I actually totally better. forgot that he wasn't with us at the end of the <laughs> season. Yeah. <laughs> but he was on the opening yeah. roster. 30 points yeah. he had seven, last year. 17 goals, 13 assists, 30 points. Yeah. There you go. Okay. 17 Sorry. goals. Regardless, yeah, I still think he, I still think he tops it. I think so too. Not like yes. much. He can put, like flirt with like thirty five, maybe forty if he's having a good year. But okay. So what I want to talk about here with the Islanders, real quick. Justin and I Is talked it about this. Noise? And st- real quick. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> Steph and I were talking about it while we were waiting for you guys. But uh, so Sethi, do you want to take a stab at how much money Lou has already committed to twenty eight, twenty nine, and beyond? Oof. I have no idea, actually. Five years from now and beyond. T- take a stab at how many million dollars are already committed by the Islanders in the year 2829. I, I can't. I don't even know where to begin. $44.25 million. Oh, I was going to guess like mid 20s maybe so matthew matthew barzal over nine million until 2031 bo horvat eight and a half until 2031 pierre engvall three million until 2030 ryan pollock six million until 2030 adam pellick 5.75 until 2029 scott mayfield three and a half million until 2030 and Ilya Sorokin wow. 8.25 until 2032. They oh are locked in. Varley Those contracts for are going to be like 
th- what, like 7% of the cap or lower? Like, by the time the cap goes up, that's insane. Yeah. What are these already at cap percentage? So Matthew Barzal's and Bo Horvat's are 10 and 11% of the cap. By the time their contracts are like, by the time like 20, 28, 29 comes around, that's going to be like, pff, yeah, like 7, 6%. That's crazy. In five years, the cap will be up 20 million. So even even more, right? Whoa. Uh, this year, one. Uh, next year, seven. And then between okay. 25 and 27, it's five apiece. So if it's at 103, nine million is like, yeah, it'll be like, what's that, 9%? Less than 9%? Yeah, yeah. so it's pretty close. That's That's wild. These deals look stupid now, but man, it'll be worth it. All it takes is for Batman to continue being Batman, and the cap could slow down a lot. Like if something happens and the NHL screws something up and they lose a sponsor or a partner or something like that, hockey-related related revenue drops, the cap could freeze. That's true. If like you know the World Cup coming to the States makes MLS take a huge jump and they lose all these TV deals like Bali Sports going under and another one if like regional uh, broadcasting gets screwed up or man yeah who knows but let's not talk about dark things the next one gone Justin Hall who got a raise who's getting 3.4 million dollars a year if I'm not mistaken yep Justin Hall to Detroit three times 3.4 10.2 million dollars for Halsey I I I can't believe this, man. Like, I I don't know. I would have paid that to see him leave. I don't get it. <laughs> like that's that's more than Luke Shen got. I don't Guys, get it. It's eight point one five million dollars in Ben Sherratt and Justin Hall. He's making as much as Freddie Anderson is making. <laughs> Yeah. Are you joking? Marner posted on his Instagram story saying, so proud of my dog. So well-deserved. Going to miss you, J-Bone. And Zeus is going to be Miss Franklin in a very big way. It was so cute. He posted all of his teammates and a little goodbye thing uh, on Insta. But yeah. And people asked him in interviews, like... um, you know, what kind of motivated you for sort of thing? Or did you ever get down in the dumps while being in Toronto? Because there was a lot of hate. And he pretty much said, like, the hate just made him stronger. So good for him. Um, did it? I... Go ahead. Did it make him stronger? <laughs> no, I... Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it? that's all I just asked. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, this Detroit team, I'm, I'm excited for this Detroit team. They made a lot of moves this offseason. And Justin Hall is thrown into the mix here. Um, joining, you know, Cider, of course. And uh, the Ghost is also in Detroit now with uh, Sherratt. And I don't know. I think this is going to be a sneaky team next season. Okay, would you rather Justin Hall for $3.4 million or Matt Duchesne for $3 million? Like, Duchesne, that's what, 100%. This is my point. It's like, I don't understand the, the money and the, like, it doesn't really make yeah. sense. It's he not like a right-handed shot, but it's, the overpayment is just crazy. Like, he's not going to put up points. He's a fifth, sixth defenseman. He's already at killing penalties, but he's going to make that one play a game 
where you're always going to remember Justin Hall. Like he, he's going to cost you a goal a game almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking. There's nobody that signed even close to that. Like, I mean, him and Alex Kerfoot are making about the same money. That's Bowen Byram makes 3.85. Wow. And Justin Hall makes 3.4. Like that's that's where I'm like, like what what is Detroit doing? Anyway, they also we'll see. pay uh, Jake Wallman the same amount, and it's the exact same contract actually. And I don't know their whole defense defensive core is over three mil with uh, besides Mort Sider on an entry level contract and Lindstrom, who's also uh, a new guy at nine hundred fifty k. Well. I mean, I think it's probably safe to say Justin Hall will probably get more than 18 points. But I don't know. What do you guys think? No. No. No? I think it'll be in the teens. Detroit's not going to score as much as Toronto was scoring. And for some reason or another, whether it was Dubas, whether it was Keefe, Hall was, like, always out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's going to get buried under Sherratt, Augustusfer, Cider. Like, he's not going to get power play opportunity, of course. He's mostly going to be on the PK, I'm assuming. And that's about it. Uh, um, Ryan O'Reilly going to Nashville uh, for four times 4.5. Obviously, you know, it's not that we couldn't afford it. It's that he didn't want to stay here by the the sounds of it. And uh, some... I mean, we can talk about it, but he didn't have the best things to say subtly about the locker room and his time here. So um, kind of sucks to hear, but I'm glad there's been some changes made that we'll talk about, obviously, in a few. But what do we think of uh, Mr. O'Reilly going out to Nashville where, I mean, he kind of gets to be low-key like he was in St. Louis. Yeah, I heard that's kind of one of his priorities is that he'd want to play for a low-key team. All the rumors about the locker room stuff, I'm not sure how much weight I really put into that because he was negotiating right up until the deadline. If he really was that against the locker room or the Leafs, he probably would have told them no right away. So I'm not sure how much stock I really put into that. But as for Nashville, it's you know it's a great signing for him. He's a really good regular season player. He's obviously got that pedigree in the playoffs. I'm just not quite sure why he picked there if he did want to play for a contender for the rest of his years. Yeah, and what did he have? 16 goals, 14 assists for 30 points last year. Obviously, he only played 63 games. He had some injuries. Um, I mean, if he's healthy, I'd say higher. Guys. Definitely higher. He's he's going to be the number one center in Nashville, as sad as that is. Oh, yeah, higher for really? sure. Really? Well, I mean, oh, I yeah, guess... Nashville bailed on both their centers, right? So Yeah, Johansson and who, who else? Duchesne. Duchesne, yeah, yeah. What am I thinking? Um, the fact that he signed for the exact same amount offered by Toronto is the biggest slap in the face, in my opinion. Um, the guy didn't even take extra whatever. In fact, if he stayed in Toronto, he would have made more just from all his fucking commercials and stuff. I call this guy a traitor, man. Like, he's supposed to stay in Toronto. Dubas brought him over to take term and you know fucking retire in Toronto. So this this made me mad. I hey, don't guess know. Guess what? Dubas is gone and he's also a liar. So fuck him. 
I know, but like <laughs> just his comments, like it's not the money or the term. That wasn't the issue. Okay, then what is it? Because when you talk about Ryan Reeves and all the stories tied to him, like they're talking about how quiet this locker room is and ab- about the coach and yada yada. So what if, what, I don't know, what if there is a little culture issue? I think there was. I mean, like not to repeat things I've heard on other shows, but like really whose team is this there's no like single leader of this team and it just kind of goes up to committee and for better or worse that's not been a good thing for them like i don't think anybody's really been able to step up and control this room and to give everybody a kick in the ass when things are not going their way like john's not that kind of guy matthews leads by example marner's a kid still like they're not there's nobody that's really like the take charge experienced like going to give these guys a kick in the ass and i think that's what Trey living's trying to bring in is like if we're going to do this by committee more of the committee needs to be fired up but realistically i think what it comes down to is the fact that o'reilly doesn't want fame mm-hmm. he can't he, he doesn't have the stomach to handle the pressure like look at when he was in buffalo the two places that he's played that has had a lot of pressure he hasn't been able to handle it right like yeah, there are some players, right. some some players just can't. Like that's not a knock on the guy. I don't know. I love the Leafs. If I was an NHL player, I don't know if I'd be able to handle it just because of the fact that it is absolutely insane. Like if if the locker room was that bad, I think this might be some of the mainstream media looking for clickbait. Like Marlowe was there, Thornton was there, Spezza was there, Muzzin is there. Geo's there. You really think you would have five highly respected players come in and some out, but some are still there into that locker room and not say anything or not have any change on it whatsoever? Well, I don't think I it's think a lot effect, of it is though. a smokescreen. Yeah, or like have guys like Bertuzzi want to sign here or even Domi for a lesser extent. So if the whole thing with O'Reilly is he, is he doesn't want all the attention, I mean, Smashville, number one center, like that's not exactly low key, like as small of a market as Nashville can, is. If you're going to put him front and center, I mean, it's not exactly small. He can play 28 minutes a night for Nashville, score the game seven clinching goal to send them to the cup final, walk outside the arena, and maybe five out of 100 people will know who he is. Yeah, college basketball, football, all will be king way over he is. I don't buy it. I don't like that excuse. Ah, I, it, I might know, be it might be true. I don't like it. I think he's a fucking traitor and he can go retire in the U.S. <laughs> Fuck him. Honestly. Right. No, I, I think that's what he's yeah. going to go do. No, no, no. I, I, I get it. There, let's... <laughs> Same amount of money. Like, come on. No, it's he, he couldn't handle it. He won a cup. He was the captain of the Blues. Fuck that excuse. No way. That's what I mean. Like, if he was the captain of the Blues, right? Like, he's going to be the number one center in Nashville. It's not like he's afraid of the spotlight. I think it's just a matter of not wanting to be here. So, yeah, there's something uh, more to it that's not being said. I I'm bet you. There's more to that. This is telling me that there was a problem. And the whole discussion with Ryan Reeves and Luke Fox brought up on another show saying that uh, one day during at the end of the season, too, it was um, um, a practice and a Western Conference team came in and there was uh, media and he turned to Luke and was like, is it usually this quiet? Like he wasn't used to how 
I don't know, like how it was. And he's just like, yeah. So this is what makes me excited about Ryan Reeves. And I know. And and he talked about getting the team together for events and bringing them together for dinners. And Adam Wilde pointed this out. Remember in the playoffs when they said this is the first time we've gotten together for dinner on the road? That yeah. that's kind of fucking crazy. Like yeah. that's not a really like yeah, it's it's in the moment we're all like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we kind of should have thought about that a little more and how insane it is that this team is that disconnected and doesn't get together, and there's nobody leading that charge. Yeah. By the way, he wasn't the captain of the blues. Petrangelo. Petro, yeah. Oh, I thought he was the captain at one point. Okay, never mind. He was the captain when he, when he left there, was he not? Yeah. He yeah, was given the seat. not when they won the cup. Okay, so that, we didn't say After when they Petro won the cup. Went to Vegas. Yeah, he did. I didn't. He said he, capt- he, said he captained the cup team. I didn't. Steph did. Yeah, I said they and won he- the cup and he was the captain. Yada, yada. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. My bad. He passed also, it off. A anyways, whole, a whole he side, can't handle the pressure. A whole side thing. I hate that we are we watch a sport that has a professional sport that has teams that we talk about you can go to to hide where no one knows who you are. That's so frustratingly sad that Batman can't get every this sport game has to a, it. Yeah. Oh come on. Every, every for sure, man. Every sport has it. Every sport has at least one team. At least one, not an entire like division. I can name eight uh, NHL teams that you you could say somebody's going to get away from the spotlight. Like, yeah, that's not a good thing. No, we've been beating the drum for Fire Batman forever. Uh, anyway, it's not what I want to talk about right now. We got too much shit. <laughs> um, okay, reset. so um, we'll reset here. What are we doing? Higher, we got, lower, old player. Yeah, all that's left is I mean, Nolachari, um, Pittsburgh, yeah. Dubis. Yeah. So I guess yeah. let's use that as a transition to the signings that Dubis made because uh, <laughs> Ryan Graves, six times 4.5. Oh, this was all at once. Alex Nadelkovich, one times 1.5. Tristan Jari, five times five and a bit. And Nolachari, three times two. Um, that's a lot of money handed out in a very short amount of time to a bunch of guys who are weirdly like the same age. They're all 27, 28. Um, but the one that seems to stick out to everybody is uh, Ryan Graves, six times 4.5. This is quite a gamble by Senior Dubas. What do we think about this uh, long-term signing of a player who's got, um, I mean, what's this? 100 points in 302 NHL games, so obviously not awful um, an impactful defenseman, but a lot of money yeah, to spend. That's a, a lot of cheddar for a guy with that amount of points. Um, to the whole cap thing, again, if it's going up, it won't look so bad, but more importantly, I think it's... They're investing heavily that Malkin, Crosby, and Latang are going to have huge seasons, because if they don't, the secondary and like third tertiary scoring here is not going to be able to get them where they want to go like they are putting all their eggs on the crosby and malkin basket again and you know it might work this year but i don't think it's going to work for a number of years after that no they've got nothing down the line and i don't know it's going to be interesting to see what dubas i mean obviously he's not going to be the gm for too long i don't think but interesting to see how they try to rebuild for the after crosby years because they've not planned for that at all from what everybody can see 
He's not even the GM now. Isn't he? He's the president. Yeah, but he's interim because there isn't a GM. Yeah, because he's not. He's probably not going to hire one. He's just going to let Spezza be the assistant, and he's going to run the whole show. Oh my god! No, like like the whole joke with the Penguins for years when Rutherford was there was the fact that you know they they're not going to pick in the first two or three rounds for the next ten drafts because every single year he was trading all of his picks. It's like like what was that? Uh, what was the basketball team recently? Said draft smack. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and that's basically what they were doing. But you have the the staples, like Jari and DeSmith were, were looking like a good tandem. Malkin, Crosby, Latang have all apparently found the fountain of youth for some unknown reason, and they're getting less injured as they get older, which makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you'd almost be stupid not to keep trying to run it back, but. I, I so realistically the the one move that you're pointing out is actually probably the move that he did that I like the most. Really? Like six foot five, twenty-eight year old defenseman who isn't afraid to hit. Like it was only a handful of seasons ago that he was leading the league in hits. <sighs> like True. that's that's the style of defenseman that everybody said that Dubis hated, that he would never bring into the leaps. Yeah, and think of like all the other defensemen that were on the market this year. It was so thin that he was bound to get paid, right? Yeah, I guess the market. Considering right. the cap is going to be twenty million more in five years, um, it, it looks okay. Bad, yeah, it, w- it looks yeah. okay if he's decent. He is. Uh, he's highly touted by many teams. Even the many of Leafs Nation wanted uh, Graves. Uh, trade deadline, uh, the off season. There, you know, even Mayfield, for example, and they, he obviously got re-signed. But I like Dubas here with you know taking Noah Chari as well and uh, Riley Smith. You know, just winning the cup with Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lars Eller is a pretty good death player coming from the Caps and um, Nedeljevic, right? This goalie who. I'm surprised is leaving Detroit and he's a young, uh, pretty good goalie in my opinion. I mean, he saved my ass in fantasy a couple of times, but, <laughs> he's been uh, bouncing around though. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. His third team in three years. It is. Yeah. Which is surprising to me, but Hey, he might pop off here. Uh, DeSmith has another, uh, year, but they might trade him out. Uh, he's the oldest goalie now at 31, Wild. but Wild Chris Letang, yeah, until 27-28. Oh, I'm just looking at all these contracts. They're really, you know, the longevity of this team is incredible. <laughs> but all right. anyway. We got to move on because uh, let's talk about the new guys that we got. Starting uh, chronologically, we picked up Ryan Reeves, John Klingberg, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Max Domi. A completely different looking team. An entirely new identity, what a certain portion of Leafs Nation have been screaming about Dubas not doing for years. Uh, we're taking this route. So, I mean, Don't we forget can, about Dylan Gambrell. Dylan Gambrell oh. as well, who will probably be a, mostly a Marley, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll, we got a ton of time this summer to dive into all of these guys and whoever else we may end up picking up. But just at a first glance... What do you think about 
taking this route because I mean we've seen the same team for better or worse run it back mostly like at 85% run back every year for the last couple of years this is the biggest change up to the identity that we've seen this is sticking someone on each line that'll punch you in the face this is giving uh, support to all the guys that have been getting jumped and adding another offensive defenseman so um, let's reverse the order. Beaner, what do you think about, first glance, this new Leaf team? So if you look at it like a quick line breakdown, it, it looks really good. It's like what, what were our starting left wings last year? Um, Bunting, Kerfoot, I think, and Malgan. Yep. Like... So they're, they're, it's undoubtedly an upgrade. Um, call me a little like a negative Nancy, but I'm almost a little bit worried at the seeming like the, the bias that it seems to happen against Leaf players when you have a player like Bertuzzi. Um, shortly after he signed, I tweeted out the video of him stealing the stick from Nick Cousins in the playoffs <laughs> and going to his bench. Yeah. Like that's something that he would get suspended for if he played on the Leafs as silly as that sounds. And that makes me sound like a horrible fan, but th- th- that's my concern there. Um, the nostalgia in me, we're getting a lot of nostalgia over the last couple of years. Like last season with Shen loved it. We're going to see Max Domi, like a Domi on the Leaf Jersey again. That's going to be awesome. We've got a McCabe on a jersey too. Like, that's pretty wild. We're, we're, this is what I wanted. <laughs> this is what I wanted to trade Dalvin was McCabe and Domi, and now we have it. And by the sounds of it, Domi's never leaving, which is holy shit amazing. Um. Also, like, with regards to the potential of there being something wrong in the dressing room, like Domi and Marner played together in London. They yeah, know each right. other. There's no yeah. way in hell that Domi didn't talk to Marner before signing this contract. Yeah. Um, then with regards to, to Klingberg, it's a little more than I would have wanted to pay him, but I can kind of see what they did there. We were having an issue in the playoffs offensively. Everybody yeah. says the Leafs are this run-and-gun offensive team, and we haven't been for years. We can afford to give up a little defensively. Um, a lot of people are making comparisons to the fact that he's going to wear number three, just like Justin Hall did. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's his original so, number, right? Oh boy! So, it's... so we'll we'll see about that. But I have a sneaking suspicion that I'm going to be less angry with Klingberg than I was with Hall. Yeah, who do you see and... Klingberg being paired with, though? Because he does not really play um, defense as Brody. people would. Yeah, uh, that's like, Brody. I think it, so. Mm-hmm, if Brody's a Leaf by October, pure pure defense, He'll pure offense. Uh, his name is the one that keeps coming up. I don't know, man. Sadi, what do you think of the new team? Um, yeah, to Beater's point, like the left wing definitely improved a lot. Um, I'm higher on Klingberg than most people are. I think he had a really high ceiling. He just wasn't a great fit in Dallas. He wasn't a great fit in Anaheim. I think he's going to have a big bounce back here. But the thing that's interesting to me is like this is a bit of a change of philosophy. And they have this unique opportunity where these guys all signed for one year. So if it doesn't work out, then, you know, they can pivot again. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. And especially if it works out, what are they going to do in the off season? It's just more questions again for next year. The one year contracts are like for Bertuzzi. It's great, but 
I don't know. It's weird. The, the one years just kind of weird me out a little bit. It's funny that the one that we I personally wouldn't want to give term to was Ryan Reeves that they gave three years. Like I would rather have exactly, any of these yeah. other guys on term. Yeah, I'm surprised to see it because in his media availability, uh, Trevor Living said that both Bertuzzi and Domi wanted term and the Leafs were the ones who pretty much said no. They pivoted and offered them the one years and kind of used that to their advantage too, right? Like have a great year and if it doesn't work out with us, it's definitely going to work out with someone else because as we see, everyone gets paid after playing for the Leafs, right? But man different GM, different identity. This clearly shows. And with everyone who's left the Leafs so far, right, we're losing a lot of grit here. And Dangle brought this up uh, also in his episode. You know, um, Shin, Ryan O'Reilly, Bunting, Achari, Hall, Zadorna, Zar, Wayne Simmons. Like, these are guys who can bring that physicality to the team. And- okay, I'm going to stop you right there for one sec. Ryan okay. O'Reilly, Noel Achari, Luke Shen, we picked up at the deadline. They played less than like 30 games with the Leafs. Wayne Simmons barely played last season. Zahorna did not play in the Leafs jersey. If he did, it was maybe one or two games. Like, what are we doing? Were any of those guys impactful in their physical game? Like, O'Reilly was hurt. Like, they didn't bring physicality to this team. Nolachari did, but he was one guy. Yeah, and like, did Zahorna play in the game you went to in Ottawa? He did actually. You're right. As I was saying, it was like if he did, it's one or two. Because I'm like, (laughs) I definitely saw him. Yeah. Go ahead. Especially for two, he's going to be playing with Matthews and Marner probably. He's going to far exceed his contract. And he's going to be almost unaffordable uh, next year. So, again, I just don't understand what we're doing with the one years. If they wanted to take term, I don't get why we wanted to leave that on the table, especially if that's a direction that Brad wants to go in. The reason is every okay. So right now, because the cap's going up, term costs you more money than a one-year contract does. So if you want term, all these guys are like, okay, well the cap's going up, so I want you know X amount of dollars because a lot of teams have nothing committed already, and those are the Islanders, and you'll have more money too. So True Living was able to pivot and say, you know, with all these guys asking for you know seven or six years or five years times you know six or seven million or eight million dollars, he's like, okay, how about one? You do really well, and then next year when the cap's up, you have even more money to ask for. So I think that's the move he was able to make here. Beaner, I what what you said is probably about ninety eight percent of it, and then I would also I would hope that it's a little bit of a a play by Brad as well, like. Bertuzzi is that like he's the type of player everybody's been saying that the Leafs have been missing forever. He's also had a little bit of an injury problem. Yeah, true. He hasn't really been able to play a a full season, especially with the style that he plays. Like if you want to give him term, even if you could lock him up at that five and a half for five years or whatever. Well, who's to say that doesn't turn into David Clarkson? Well, the good thing about his contract is that it's a $775,000 salary with a 4.725 signing bonus. So they can, like, that's why they, you know, uh, arranged it in this way. And I don't know, it's easier to dump apparently, or I I don't know the logistics behind it, but there's an article out there explaining that. 
<laughs> because and, so go it, ahead. Sorry, Steph, like a, a quick breakdown on something like that. Like that is the perfect type of contract for a team like Arizona or exactly San Jose Anaheim. or Carolina to acquire Seattle because the cap hit is going to be big, but the actual dollars that they're going to have to pay out is league minimum or below. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> like signing that, bonuses get the, paid those out are the same type day of, every year. Exactly. The Leafs are one of only a handful of teams that are able to do this. They can do it with every single contract. They could give Matthews yeah. a $500,000 contract and then 11.5 signing bonus and it, Toronto wouldn't flinch at it. Whereas other teams, there's no way they could do it because to have that much money come out of their pocket in one day, it would bankrupt them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Trilliving said he wanted to add a little bit more of snot to the Leafs game. And these two players, Ty, or not Ty Domi, what am I saying? Max Domi and Tyler Batuzzi definitely have this with the offensive ability, right? And, you know, the thing that shocked me too with the whole Bertuzzi thing, COVID, he was the only guy not playing in the yeah. bubble and the only guy who's unvaccinated. I guess we're all clear of that. And also... Thing that's going to be talked about a lot next season now that he plays for Leafs. Oh, and we lost her. Cliffhanger. Back. Hold God on. Damn it. God damn it. God damn it. What Suspense is it? No, is high. no what? Oh my God. Left us hanging. Hello? Yes. I can't you can hear you. me? Yeah, we can hear you, but we can't see you. No knob on his stick, guys. This guy does not tape oh. the end of his stick. That's what I waited for. Yes, Are you kidding me. Yes, <laughs> I thought yes. that was illegal. When I no. played hockey, it was illegal because it can go through your face. I guess you're not wearing face masks or anything, but oh, and she's gone. That's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> He's knobless. Yeah, the only the only like vibes thing, and I'm kind of you know, I don't know if I'm reaching a bit here, but like. The culture of the Leafs has been very um, uh, Ontario liberal, I guess I'll put it. And Bertuzzi is very much not bad, so I just don't know how somebody like, say, Morgan Riley and Tyler Bertuzzi are going to get along. But maybe they're great friends. I don't know. Maybe people don't talk about politics and hockey. But I just, I don't know. I do My like view. having the mix of personalities in that room. I think that's going to spice it up a lot. Actually, now that I think of it, didn't JT's wife donate to the convoy? We don't have to get into that. Let's not get into any of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving I, on. I what think is this that is sound? a different type of grip. Oh, guys. Steph, you're on the wrong. You're on the wrong microphone or something. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my guys god. are so, yelling me. Yeah, have fun editing this one, Rascal. Oh, I don't um, even. So, enough. but the, that. You get that being said, with Bertuzzi, <laughs> with Bertuzzi, with the vaccines, he did have like he was part of a fundraiser in the Sudbury yep. area. For they had masks with his toothless smile on it, <laughs> so it's not like like everybody's painting him out to be this this horrible anti-vaxer, like Trump supporting blah blah blah, but he was still helping in the community. So yes, he didn't get vaccinated and he didn't play in the bubble. But it's not like he was out there saying that the whole pandemic was a hoax and everything yeah, right. like that. He's made a personal so, decision. We can, at least, give, we, we can at least give him a little credit. Yeah, no, yep. fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give him that. 
Um, but speaking back of Morgan Riley, he's the only person who signed beyond him and David Camp are the only people we got into 26, 27. I think that's pretty funny that the future of the Leafs is David Camp and Morgan Riley. David Camp ranked higher than Austin Matthews in faceoffs taken and in faceoffs won last year. What? So David Camp signing for four years. Honestly, it was music to my ears because he does all of the right things for this team, in my opinion. And for two point four mil, damn, I I'm happy with that number. That's I know also you guys because he that. took. That's also because he took pretty much every single defensive zone draw, and the Leafs are quite often penalized more than they have power plays. That's very true. Good point. Yet again, I don't have my tinfoil hat on. I'm not trying to be that guy, but, you know. Over the past two seasons, there's only been three other players in the NHL with a better impact per 60 minutes uh, goals against on the PK. So it's these little broken down stats that yeah. obviously you don't see while you're playing. But hey, David Camp, he's their trust, trustworthy guy in the defensive zone. And I don't know, man, that and the Pontus Homburg signing um, when you oh, put I'm the money so together. Glad you said that. Yeah. So Pontus Holmberg leads me into the last thing I want to talk about before we go to a question here to finish the show. Um, Pontus Holmberg was part of the uh, 2018 draft. And uh, do you guys want to take a stab at how many other players the Leafs still have from that draft? 2018. None? I'm going to say one. Yeah. The answer, I guess, would be just Pontus Holmberg. So whether you want to call that zero or one, because th that draft was Rasmus Sandin, who is obviously now gone. Uh, oh, I went the wrong way here. Rasmus Sandin, Sean Dersey, uh, SDA, who just signed in the KHL, Riley Stotts, Mac Hollowell, Philip Kral, Pontus Holmberg, Zachary Boutillier, and Simon Kizimov. So yeah, hmm. the only person left from this draft now... <laughs> Is uh, yeah, Pontus Holmberg. Damn. Funzies. Uh, one last thing, Max Domi, guys. Um, when he was drafted by Arizona, True Living was on that stage as well, and Shane Doan was the captain at the time of his first season. So yes. all of these connections are coming full circle in Toronto, and oh, yeah. Seeing a lot of old staff members and such from when he was a little kid. Uh, super exciting. Um, one guy who wants to remain on this team who has the real dog in him, this has to be it. Like, And he even said straight up in the interview that it's not about the money, it's about winning. And it's rare that you hear a Leaf player say those words. Yeah, Bertuzzi said the same thing. He came here because he thought he had the best chance to win. Yeah, and just to bring up Domi for a sec, pop quiz, Beaner might know this better, but how many father and son duos have played for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, Jesus, for the Leafs? Yes, in their history, and name them if you can. Oh. Yeah, I'm not... I'm closing my other computer. I'm not Googling it. Give me a couple minutes to think here. Okay. Same. Um, I think three are obvious. 
but yes, this is tricky because we have some older names in the mix. Um, while you guys think about that, if you want to start writing them down, uh, we can do an easy. Three. We do an easy question here. This is from Cody Donaldson, W underscore Donaldson on Twitter. Very important question. If Matthews was an ice cream flavor, what would it be? <laughs> and this led to a lot of discourse on Twitter of people arguing about this. So um, what do you think Austin Matthews would be if he was an ice cream flavor stuff? Um, I think when this question was asked to the, the players. I think he said like mint chocolate chip or something. I was going to say mint chocolate chip. <laughs> um, but it Muskoka doesn't... mocha. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be more mocha-y, spicy, like fucking like uh, chili chocolate ice cream or something. <laughs> Are you saying that because he's half Mexican? <laughs> and he also said his favorite food was like tortilla soup that his mom makes so i'm just i don't know i feel like he's hot and spicy he's poppy i get it yeah Um, i don't know random (laughs) i would say i was gonna say mint chocolate chip just because it's one of those ones where if you're if you're listing like the all-time best people aren't gonna say mint chocolate chip but if you say yo but like mint chocolate chip though you're like oh it's so good and like, if you're going out, you're gonna get mint. I like it. And okay, you know what? Don't give me that head shake, Beaner. Don't give me that head shake. <laughs> Not my fave either. Okay. Well, nah. at least to me, that's my sentiment on it. And that's like, I would say that it's, people it's are like gonna... you're eating a chocolate bar after you brush your teeth. <laughs> He's like cherry <laughs> ice cream. I am so over <laughs> these uncultured swines and associating mint <laughs> with toothpaste. <laughs> Mint is not a toothpaste flavor. It is toothpaste is mint flavored. Get the fuck out of here with that. Cook cook with more mint, eat more mint, and make it more of a thing outside of brushing your teeth. Appreciate mint. Fresh mint. Put it, in, put it in salads. Put it in drinks. Use it with meat. You can do so many things with it. Stop associating it only with toothpaste. It makes me so mad. This podcast is about oh, you by like, mint. No, people, whenever I put mint in things, there's always somebody that's like, oh, it tastes like toothpaste. Fuck you, no, it tastes like mint. Your toothpaste tastes like mint. That doesn't mean that mint tastes like toothpaste. Oh my God. So the second part of Cody's question, what kind of hair products does Nylander use? The ones we can't afford. I was going to say, it's probably I don't even know like, what they're called. Olaplex. It's probably that like super expensive conditioner that's like good for revitalizing hair. I've only heard of it in salons and some things. exotic bee wax or something from parts unknown. <laughs> I'm sure he has a tears. stylist. He's got a stylist for sure. But honestly, like we, let's get some more input on this this ice cream flavor. If it's not mint chocolate chip, then what is it? Muskoka mocha. What is Muskoka mocha? You have to get. Muskoka Mocha ice cream. Who makes it? Uh, Kawartha Lakes, I believe. Kawartha Dairy. The Kawartha Dairy. I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kawartha Dairy is like the you know not a sponsor, the best ice cream, hands down. <laughs> so I've I've never had any of their ice cream that wasn't amazing. Yeah, the uh, Black Raspberry Thunder, so good. Ugh. Prickly pear. Prickly pear, pear ice cream. You just, okay, you're you're getting to like Arizona. Just think about what is he? What, what do you think about when it's like? Oh, he's he's one of the best, probably. Bald. 
Oh my he's, god. He's chocolate chip cookie dough. Because once you get the chocolate and then the cookie dough, he's super sweet. Fake teeth. But in between, he's a little bit vanilla when he's not playing tough enough, right? He is definitely vanilla in some senses. But, but a ne- Neapolitan? We can see him get prickly. red sometimes. Sometimes he's cool. I don't know. With some gold shavings on top. Like whatever ice cream it is, it has to have like the gold, edible gold on top. <laughs> get in oh that bag. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's got to be whatever you like. Uh, it's not like chocolate or vanilla because that's like, nah. I think like cookie dough or mint chocolate chip, something that's like top tier, but like, you know, you got to be a fan to really fight for like arguing that it's the best when people are like, no guys, like chocolate is the best. Let's stop this discussion. Just plain chocolate. (laughs) Connor McDavid is the best because it's just, it's simple. It does exactly what you want the best. And people are like, no, you're insane. This one is the best. And it's all like, that's the flavor that I think of when I think of Austin Matthews. I don't know what that specifically is to each individual person, but whatever you put your heart and soul behind, that is not everybody else's favorite that's Austin Matthews. And, you know, I think Austin Matthews is whatever flavor that is to you. <laughs> flavor of the week. He's a different flavor to all of us. And that's, that's what matters. True. <laughs> but yeah, Bean, oh. how's the, I see you thinking real hard there. You guys just let me say all that. And y'all just have straight faces. Right? I cannot believe. I can't even how, see my face. I can't believe how like tuned out to my bullshit you guys are. That it's just like, okay, whatever. No, it's, it's all good. So I'm, I'm getting I'm getting my own head here. Yeah. Two for sure. Obviously, Felino and Domi. Yeah. Um, And I think I'm wrong. But I know there was multiple conikers. Yes. I got two more. Um, and then I. Charlie and Pete I... Conacher. May I? I w- see. I was thinking Brian Conacher, but that that would make Ooh. sense. Um, but we've had well, all three of them played for us. Um, but yes, the Conickers. Did Sill Junior play for us? I should know this. New Mapses. No. no. Michael oh. Nylander never played for us. Oh, no. no. The, did Kapanins? No. no, no, the father never did. No, there is one from our era recent that a lot of people really gave us heck about because we tried this guy in our lineup in the top six and then we ended up trading him for this guy. Mason Marchment and Brian. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, we barely yeah. knew him. Shall I reveal any more guesses? So what's the total? How many in total? I I had four wrote down on my sheet, including Domi, but I don't think the apps one is right. No. There's nine in total. Holy so we shit. have Ty and Max Domi, Mike and Nick, Nick Felino, Brian and Mason Marchment, Barry and John Cullen, Cal and Paul Gardner, Bill and Trevor Johansson, Babe and Tracy Pratt, Charlie and Pete Conacher, 
King and Terry Clancy. Yeah. All of those people. I'm like, who the hell? (laughs) That's why I said three. Three out of nine, right? We know three. And you guys did. So good job. That was hard. Uh, We had some more questions and there were some other things I want to talk about, but we're uh, at our time now. Um, Next time we're going to talk about the Leafs schedule as it was released. There's some interesting little stretches of it. Uh, Some weird back-to-back, some weird road trips, but also some fun little things. So, you know, we'll go over what that means for the season. Um, We'll do more of a breakdown once we figure out what's going on with uh, Samsonov because that's going to arbitration, which means another buyout window for a potential Matt Murray buyout. So we'll have to check back to see what happens there. Um, Yeah, there's still some stuff going on. So we'll be back uh, soon. But is there anything anyone wants to uh, close with before we run out of here? The Leafs are over $3.2 million of cap space, but we know that they're allowed 10%, but there has to be something, right? And uh, Muzzin's wife posted on Instagram that they are in California preparing for the big move back in August. So I think he retires this summer and unfortunately love him. Brody, I'm so sorry. This big contract, and I want to shoot Murray to the fucking moon. So Brody's <laughs> probably going to get moved, and Murray's going to be shot into outer space. That is my prediction. And who in the actual hell knows what's going on with William Nylander right now? So yeah, mm-hmm. he's, so yeah. With regards to the Leafs, if you put Muzzin on LTIR. And if you buy out Murray, if I remember correctly, that would leave us with like two and a half, three million. Yeah, they're both. That you now, have to pay Samsonov. Sammy least. money. Yeah, which that's absolutely fine. Samsonov doesn't like, okay, he had a good season, but I can't see him having an amazing arbitration case right now. No. Because he hasn't had anything consistent throughout his entire career. So I don't really think we need to do anything drastic. I know I posed the question a handful of episodes ago about potentially trading Brody, but I think with bringing in a pure offensive guy like Klingberg, I think you kind of need to keep Brody. 100%. He's not going anywhere. That's my hot take. No, you can have like Riley and Lily, Brody and Klingberg, McCabe and Timmons, and then rotate Geo in the note. Yeah. Like that's a pretty solid decor. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, other one that's been rumored on the move is Sam Lafferty because he's kind of the odd man out, like we were talking last time too. So I think there's still some movement that could happen. And again, if we want to sign Sammy, like, yeah, it's going to eat up the rest of that. And I think Trey Living still has some things he wants to do here. You can't move Lafferty if you're going to be having a guy like Reeves play consistent minutes. Yeah. and if No you offense move... to Reeves, no, exactly. but he's with how slow he is and how fast Lafferty is, you can't split that up. And if you move and someone like Murray, you got to think Robertson's going to be a sweetener in whatever deal that is. Yeah, yeah. I really think that. Um, 1.15 for Lafferty, 1.35 for Reeves. Um, I like Lafferty, guys. Like, Laffer Daddy mm-hmm. uh, at the end of last season was great. That speedy guy that, you know, we're losing that in Bunting, Kerfoot, um, these types of guys, you know, and... Um, it'll be interesting to see if some Marley's come up too, right? Like, um, maybe even 
Um, Niemela makes a little case here. I know I'm really pushing, like, uh, highly unlikely, but you, you never know at training camp. That's how freaking Dennis Malgan got in last season, right? Like, no one really p- put him on the second line, and he fucking played for for a month there. So That's fair. I'm just interested interested to see what happens with the left wing because, I mean, you've got Domi, Bertuzzi, Nyes. Like, I don't know. It seems like it's we've nice got one too many. It is, but I don't like Nyes on the third line, and I don't like Domi on the third line, and I don't like Bertuzzi on the third line. So if, it seems like we got one too many. Domi on the third. Yeah, like, nice. it makes the most sense, but like, who? I would rather <laughs> Domi play with somebody a little better. I don't know. But Domi can add that offensive punch to the third line that it's been missing. It's a Domi camp yarn croak. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous. Like that's a that's a pretty solid third line. It's a hard JT, line to play against. And, yeah, JT Nylander and Nyes on your second with Tavares, Marner, and Bertuzzi on your first. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't hate it. Just a little update with Matthews. Uh, the speculation now is that he will not sign more than five years. Uh, that That'd fucking crazy sucks. Too. And William Nylander, um, he wants 10 mil, but Leafs are offering 8.5. And his his uh, agent, Louis Gross, is known to have clients to test the freaking market, guys. Like it was Gaudreau. Uh, Sad, Krug, a Krug, uh, Dumoulin, Achari. Like he has a trend of having his clients test. So I hope not. I hope he friggin' stays. When you compare the stats of forwards, you know, around the same mark. I don't know. He's not. It's it's frustrating, right? Uh, well, he's not going to go to free agency. If anything goes south, the Leafs will move him. It's just a matter of whether. Like, there's there's kind of three different options at this point and we'll expand on this next time because we do have to get out of yeah. here um, yeah, okay. but there's there's three options it's either they sign him now they trade him now or they trade him at the deadline ding, because ding. I mean or you you sign him like you know after the season's done before July 1st but I guess there's four options but that that's kind of it you've got two opportunities to trade him and kind of two to sign him yeah Yep. And okay. if they're not going to let him walk to free agency, there's no way. Nope. Yeah, well, hopefully he signs soon. And yeah, none of this waiting around bullshit. I feel like Trilovin's not going to put up with that like Dubas did. Yeah. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, go and check out the merch store because we're going to have some stuff popping up this weekend because... Uh, I think now is a good time with the new identity of the team, a new GM and free agency and draft out of the way to uh, call this the official beginning of season three. So thank you everybody for tuning in Uh, this weekend. I'll have some new merch posted. Hopefully I I will uh, post it on Twitter. I'm going to try to have it up for Saturday night. So stay tuned. Have a good night. My outro is not working. So good to doom. doom, doom, doom. (laughs) Yeah, that's normal. Oh, oh, but Johnny is gone. That's not normal. That's not normal. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> oh.